Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. TFA fam, welcome back to the channel. Appreciate everybody checking it out. Today we're going to be doing another player profile. Today we're going to be discussing Najee Harris, who is likely going to be a volume monster. And why I think you should be taking him, regardless if he's a rookie or not, why you should let go of that fear. Sometimes you just have to release that fear and just be okay and forget about what happened last year. I know you may have taken Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and he burned you. This is a different situation. We're going to get you through this. We're here to help, okay? We're winning championships. Remember that, boys and girls. We're here. We're winning championships. Training camp starts in a couple weeks. Let's go. Appreciate everybody checking out the video. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe button for future content. Let's just jump right into it. Najee Harris. If you're not familiar with Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama, he is six foot two, 230 pounds. He is 23 years old, but we don't care about that in season-long formats. In Dynasty, it's probably a little bit more of a concern, but in redraft, we're not really all that concerned with it. He had a 30.9 college dominator, a 13% target share while at Alabama. 3,800 rushing yards, 46 touchdowns, 80 receptions for 781 receiving yards, and 11 receiving touchdowns for his career. His senior season, he had 251 carries for 1,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, 43 receptions on 57 targets, 425 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. And he was ultra-efficient as well with 962 yards after contact and 69 missed tackles forced, which is second among all running backs last year in college football. Najee Harris is an absolute load to bring down, and he is electric in space. He is somebody that, that has that short area burst and can make dudes mess, but it can also just run right through you. And the, where he's not Derrick Henry because he, is, he has that big – uh, physical um, athlete where he is different is the fact that he is a terrific pass catcher. I mean, over 80 receptions and 700 receive, 780 receiving yards in his college career is very special. And that is why we should be all in on Najee Harris in 2021 because he enters a backfield in Pittsburgh where there's absolutely nobody there to get in his way. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have this satellite back like J.D. McKissick or Naheem Hines or even like a Jamal Weaver, somebody that's going to get there and that's going to take touches away from him. There's nobody there in Pittsburgh. You have Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, who as much as I love is not going to get the opportunities. Because what they talked about over the offseason that they wanted, they wanted this staple running back so that they could feed the ball kind of like they did back in 2015, 2016, 2017. The only issue that I see with him, there's a couple of things. One, he doesn't have great speed. He's not somebody that's a burner. He's not he's not a Jonathan Taylor who is going to run a 4-3. You know, that's just not his game. He did not test at all. So we have no testing numbers whatsoever from him. It's a little bit of a red flag of why he didn't do that. But it was probably also smart by his agent by telling him to hold out because if he would have ran a 4-6 or 4-7 or something crazy like that, which I think he probably ran a little bit better than that. But if he would have faltered, it probably would have hurt his draft stock. So it was smart for him to do He He – you know, put up the numbers in college. He didn't really need to do that. The big, the biggest concern I think a lot of people have with him is a couple of reasons. One, he's a rookie. We'll get to that. Number two is is the offensive line. And I'm going to tell you that I'm not as worried about the Steelers' offensive line. And that, here's a couple of reasons. One, they lost Marquise Pouncey, Villanueva, Matt Filer, and David DeCastro. So this offensive line is completely gutted. Only returning guy is Zach Banner, who only played in one game in 2020. 
this year, this is going to be a kind of a revamped offensive line. Some guys are stepping up. You have Okafor, who is a 2018 third-round pick. Uh, he was not very good, I will say that. 77th out of 89 qualified players whenever he, uh, he played last year. Kevin Dotson is probably the bright spot they have at left guard. He's a 29th highest-graded guard. At center, it's either going to be Hassenauer. Hassenauer? Sorry. Or a uh, third-round pick this year, Kendrick Green, who they took in the draft. And then at right guard, they recently signed Trey Turner, who was also great, great as the worst run-blocking uh, offensive guard last year for the Chargers. But it was one of his strengths in Carolina, so it was kind of surprising to see him take a step back. Maybe there was an injury. I don't know. And then you have Zach Banner, who only played one game last year. So the big upgrades this offseason, really this offensive line, was adding Trey Turner, drafted Kendrick Green the third round, and then added in the fourth round Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M. So this offensive line, we don't really know what to expect with this with this offensive line, right? Because it is a completely revamped offensive line. I'm not. They didn't do what the Chiefs did and added all these big time pieces to this offensive line. So it's going to take some time for this thing to, to work out. But this offensive line was absolutely terrible. It cannot get it much worse than what it was last year. And like I said, they gutted this offensive line. But they were 32nd in just in line yards, 30th in power, 31st second level, and they were. Uh, 31st against the run, but they were right fourth in pass protection, which was a, probably a positive for Big Ben, obviously. But we don't really know what to expect from this offensive line this year. And that it needs to be taken into consideration because, one, we're never very good at analyzing the offensive line. Remember last year, everybody was talking about the Rams and Cam Akers was never going to be able to succeed because that Rams offensive line was so bad. Well, it ended up being a top 10 unit last year. So I try to stay away from that kind of analysis. So it's more of a wait and see for me. So I'm not going to put that much emphasis on it. Now, as for the can he succeed as a rookie, listen, he entered the best situation he possibly could in Pittsburgh. We know Mike Tomlin loves an absolute workhorse. Just let's, let's go back and look from 2014 to 2018 when they had that steady running back. You had Le'Veon Bell, who averaged 25 touches per game. Even guys like D'Angelo Williams had 23 touches per game. James Conner had 21 touches per game. I mean, every running back they have, their lead back is gets fed, and that is why we love Najee Harris this year and that's why you should not be afraid to take him at RB 13 where he's going right now late second early third in most drafts especially in PPR formats because of that receiving upside that he has but if you're a little worried and I get it because of a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year but let's just go back over the last few years and take a look at some of these running backs that have had success who were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft you have Saquon Barkley who finishes RB1 you have Leonard Fournette RB10 Christian McCaffrey RB9 Zeke, RB2, Todd Gurley, RB9, Trent Richardson, RB8, Doug Martin, RB2. Here's the common denominator here. They averaged 306 touches between them. Now, there are some running backs that didn't. They also failed to meet expectations. You have Clyde Erzilaire, RB22, but he only played in 13 games, but still, he only had 217 total touches. Josh Jacobs, RB21, Rashad Penny, RB68, Sonny Michelle, RB34, Melvin Gordon, RB43, David Wilson, blast from the past. Sucks that he got injured, but RB55, Mark Ingram, RB46. Here's the average. Here is the average for them. 173. This is this isn't new knowledge that if a running back gets opportunities, they're gonna proceed, they're gonna succeed. And there's very little chance that I see Najee Harris not getting 250 to 270 carries and probably in, I think 50 receptions is well within the range of possibility, putting him over that 300 touch mark. So that's why you should be drafting Najee Harris in 2021 because he's going to get that opportunity. There are very few running backs that get the opportunity that he has in front of him. There's not many running backs that are going to get 20, that could get 20 to 25 touches per game. And so being able to get that, yes, this offensive line, is, it could be a problem. If Big Ben goes down, because that man is being held together by Balin wire and sheet metal, okay? Like, it's, it's not looking good right now, okay? But Big Ben is 39 years old. But 
If he's going to get that type of touches and that kind of carries, I'm all in on that. So that's why you should be drafting Najee Harris where he's going. I'm not taking him ahead of guys like Antonio Gibson or Cam Akers, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Like I want all those guys ahead of him just because I feel a little more secure with them. But that's kind of the list. Like, like give me Najee Harris. I have no problem with taking him as that high end RB two. You know, if you can get him as your RB two, I think that's well in the range of possibility. Especially if you pick, if you have that 103, 104, maybe you get Saquon there, Zeke, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, whatever is your fancy there. And I think you come back on the, you know, when you come back around at the beginning or the late second. If Najee Harris is sitting there, I'm taking him all day because of that upside that he has because it's very hard to find running backs past him that has that kind of touch opportunity and that kind of success, especially in the receiving game. I want that. So draft Najee Harris with confidence. I think at worst he has RB2. I think his floor right now is probably RB15 to finish this year. But I think his ceiling is like RB5, RB6 territory. I don't think he has RB1 in him, but I think RB5, RB6, RB7, because of that opportunity he has, is well within the range of possibility. So let me know in the comments below. Let me know where are you taking Najee Harris? Where do you feel comfortable taking him? Are you going to take him at that RB13? Are you are you too scared? You have that little PTSD from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. You took him early, and now you're kind of scared away. Let me know in the comments section below. I appreciate everybody checking out the video. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.